0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new good Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. good Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. the empress of everything green Nellie Neal Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you
1: hello baby hello 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 welcome to weekend gardening whatever day it is that you happen to be kind enough to put me in your ear I thank you very much for that my goodness I love weather especially when it's August and it's not 4,000 degrees when I walk out of the house in the morning. (laughs) Now, I have to tell you, I'm I'm often a bit jealous. Y'all, my friends in Tupelo, good morning. Y'all know how, and I know it's already just a hair cooler where you are. Guess what? There are going to be temperatures where many of us are living that are listening to this program that are going to be cool enough for tomatoes to set. That's right, so if your tomatoes have anything like a flower on them even my one that I've allowed the hornworm to tear up still has some blooms on it and a very few leaves I say go out there and encourage it. If it needs water, give it some water. If it needs the water, pour it out of it, pour the water out of it. And of course, um, use a little fertilizer if you feel like it's been a while since you did that. This and other fascinating tips about gardening are yours and are always the province of weekend gardening with me, your own garden mama. Thank you so much for being here. It doesn't really matter to me whether it's a firework of ferns or a chamber of boxwoods. We can talk about it on the super. Super Talk call line triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. And of course the ceasefire text line is available to you for photographs, comments, and jokes that I may or may not be able to repeat on the air. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Y'all are a lot of fun. I need to let you know that if you have been wishing that you had subscribed to All Things Garden Mama Weekly, the newsletter that comes out on Fridays. Um, Right now you can get the rest of the year for $30. It's a trial. You might like it. You might not but guess what? I'm worth it, and by January, you may decide you want to go a whole year. Send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I'll be glad to take care of that. Of course, I'll be at Lakeland Yard and Garden, um, one of our absolutely stalwart sponsors, and in fact, um, for me, the, the the, the sponsor that has been with me through everywhere I've ever been lucky enough to have a microphone in Mississippi, and I appreciate them very, very much. I'll be at their place Lakeland Drive at Airport Road, you've heard me say that before, in Flowood at 11 o'clock today, and 11 o'clock next Saturday, too, for fall gardening. We're going to talk a little bit, and this is a test, friends, this is, this is to see if free is really valuable. Uh, I, I've had so many people say, oh, I can't come, you charge too much for that workshop. Well, this one's free, so you should come. <laughs> The information is always there, but, you know, um, there's, there's a good thing to be had when you have a chance to talk with, well, frankly, nursery professionals as well as me, who is not a nursery professional. But there are lots of things we can talk about doing and things we can get into. And part of what you're looking for in coming to be with me or, frankly, just getting in touch with me as well. Because a lot of you are not where you can show up today. The good news is I have a, an even better handout for the timing of August and then September planting. So get in touch. Call me. We'll talk about it here. And we can also, of course, um, email things. That's that's part of the world we live in, thank goodness. I don't necessarily know that I believe this. But there are so many... um there have been so many stories from reports, research, gathering of data from the American Chemical Society that I have to bring this to you. Now, one of the things that you may have, may or may not know is how things are that are traditionally um, meat-oriented, how they're sometimes turned into a vegan or a vegetarian fare, Including with using things like jackfruit and, but also banana peels. That's right, the inside of them, not the outside. And these things make flour. Also, we make flour out of almost everything now. Did you, I have quinoa flour in my own kitchen? Did you know that? <laughs> do you do? What do you have? Do you have chickpea flour? What are you cooking with? And and I'm really tickled about this banana peel flour. Bananas decompose. They make great compost, but they take a long time. So I'm glad to know that there are people working with this to turn that resource into, frankly, flour. And apparently it makes your sugar cookies not only better, but better for you. And I have to tell you, who doesn't love a good sugar cookie? Come on. You know that you want this. Um, Indeed. In taste tests, and this is the American chemical society i 'm not making this up in american the American Chemical Society tests these things, and what they found was that cookies enriched with some banana peel flour, not entire replacement, some banana peel flour were more satisfying than those baked with just wheat flour alone. How about that? my goodness um i'm I'm fascinated the whole the process of course is crazy. They end up. They have to blanch it and dry it and grind it up and make it into a powder, and then you have to turn it around to turn it into a usable flour. So it's a it's a fascinating process, and uh, I'm, I'm tickled. I don't. I, I think we're making flour out of almost everything. As it is, we might as well keep going. Right. Right. I have. Uh, I've been admiring the bamboo poles that. Are drying in my backyard, and I say that because it's a lot of labor to get them to go to dry, but it's really great when they're there. What a great baffle! What a great s- space cover, or what a great way to direct traffic. Uh, there, there's just a million uses for a good bamboo pole, and one of them, of course, is teepees. If you've never built um, teepees out of bamboo or anything else, you're really missing one of the best vertical gardening. Things that you can do, but I got to tell you that um, I mean I'd be happy to talk to you about that if you'd like. Give me a call. Let's have a text. We'll go back and forth and talk about which bamboo to dry, when to dry it, how to do it, all of that sort of stuff. But it's also um, a good time for me to tell you about probably what's going on in somebody's garden right now. It's just uh, it's a, a kind of a southern tradition. You plant corn in a tripod position. In, in other words, you, you're going to you act as if you're making triangles in the corn patch. Now, if that sounds crazy to you, what you have to remember is that once the corn is pulled, those stalks are going to dry, not quite like bamboo, but they are going to dry. And when you have placed them properly, then you gather the tops together. You have a teepee and you grow peas or beans up that. Not a bad thing. And I've I've seen it done. I've never actually done it myself because I've never had... I, my, my corn plots have always been very small, but I've seen that done, and it, it was absolutely very, very impressive. Um, it's, a, it's a question, of course. My my poles are drying out in the open. If you want them to be more perfect and you want them to be sooner uh, and dry a little quicker, you certainly can put them into a shed. And you, you ought to protect the bottom of them so that it doesn't get wet. That helps a lot. Um, One of the questions that I'm always asking myself is, how long can I put up with this bamboo? I'm not going to set fire to it, but I do like putting it to work, and um, it it seems to be much better. Let's see. Laura and Flora welcome in. Good morning. Let's see. Um, Do Confederate jasmine seed pods need to dry on the vine, or can I cut them and let them dry to plant them later? I would let them get just about dry. And here's why. You want them you want the seed to be mature and a lot of times that is indicated by the browning of the seed pod. However, if it looks like it's going to be stormy and rainy right at the same point where that seed pod could possibly pop open on its own or could actually be turning to the next stage, which is to say a, a brown at the the tip of it, at the top part, then you probably want to go ahead and pick them. Um, sometimes it's one of the things that people do when they're trying to harvest that kind of seeds that are on a, a plant as, as fun as that, um, they'll they'll have, because they take a long time to germinate, so they'll harvest two or three different pods at different times and try them just to see which one works best in that particular year. Um, let's see. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. It could be asclepius, but I don't know. <laughs> it's going to bloom it looks to me like it's going to bloom and, and it, I, there, there are like three different things that this could be I'm so sorry, I can't tell you what it is but you'll know in about a week because it's going to pop open its flowers and then you'll send me that picture and I'll tell you it's a really good looking plant I'm sure it will be pollinator friendly because most everything is that blooms at this time of the year so I like that Janice in New Albany um Oh, how wonderful, wonderful! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you! I love it when I love it when it works. Okay, Janice in New Albany says I pruned my fig trees in February, like you said, and I'm picking my second crop now. I've never had this many figs. Yay, go Janice! Thank you for all the information you give. You are very, very welcome. And she does say that she loves your pro- loves the program. I, I, I love you. Thank you, Janice. I'm so glad it worked. <laughs> I like to hear when it doesn't work too but it's particularly fun when it does because quite frankly there's nobody happier than a happy gardener. What gorgeous figs. Those are just beautiful. Um I have I have I believe picked the last of the ones on my my tree um and the birds beat me to the very last one but that's not a surprise. <laughs> they they do that a lot. They're they're very um they they also I think got the hornworm. I was hoping to have him go ahead and turn it into a chrysalis and and you know because they're, they're beautiful moths, and I don't think I'm going to get a chance to do that. I think he got found last night, but we shall see. How many CDs do you have at your house that are scratched or that are data that is so old you've already moved it into some archive somewhere or that's music you would never listen to again in your life? Well. I think we've all got at least one box, don't we? From Binghamton University, the good news is a second life for CDs. Now, what do we need? Well, we need a lot of stuff. But what can we turn these things into that we need Apparently biosensors, flexible biosensors that are inexpensive and very easy to put together. This is in, um, Nature Communications if you're interested in going into a project and figuring out how to do it and making yourself some more. But apparently it is, uh, the whole thing is, it's a, it's a really very, very cool process. There, the metallic layer is separated from the rigid plastic with this process that they've put it through. And it then goes into sensors to monitor electrical activity. Things like your pacemaker, um, things as as well as other levels of things, you know, medical bio things. So the sensors can actually communicate with your smartphone via Bluetooth. (laughs) I think that's very spiffy. I like the idea of using something that you know are laying around that aren't going to get used for what they were. They can be repurposed into this. Um, I really think this is fun. The, The person who began the idea is a professor at um, the Binghamton University medical medical unit. Her name is um, – there are several of them involved, but the person who was mostly into it apparently was Professor Gretchen Mahler. And the idea um, of, came from someone else who, in further p- process, said there's got to be something we can do with this. That's <laughs> always how it comes down to. Why do we have this pile of stuff? We need to do – and we need this over here. So um, – the way they described it, though, is why I really wanted to bring it to you, not that I actually think any of us are going to go into the business of converting CDs into biosensors, although somebody might someday pay us a little bit for it. But anyway, when you pick up your the hair off your clothes with sticky tape, like you take masking tape and wrap it around your hand with the sticky side out and, and get the lint that the cat hair off of your – you've never done that? Hmm. Well, Now you know something you didn't know. You can do it with packing tape, too. You can do it with scotch tape, like skin, you know, thin package tape, but that's really a lot of trouble. Get a wider tape, put it around your hand, use it like a a lint brush. But when you do that, that's essentially the same mechanism as they're talking about how this is going to work to measure biosensors. It's just going to be one thing that picks up something else. Very cool. Uh, By the way, the whole thing only takes 30 minutes to convert, and it does not create any um, toxic chemicals. Apparently, it costs less than 2 bucks per device to do. Hmm, maybe we will start that. <laughs> maybe we will do that. Oh, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe not. Speaking of sensors, though, my goodness, I thought this was so fascinating. Um, MIT is bringing us d- sensors that can see inside the body. In other words, um, ultrasound is terrific, but there there are big old machines involved. And we need to know these things. So we'd really like to know these things from being able to see them. Appearing in uh, the paper in the journal Science, the engineers have presented the new design, and it is an ultrasound sticker. It literally sticks to your skin, peels off, and, and tells you everything that they need to know about your internal organs for about two days. Fascinating, huh? I like that. That's fun stuff. Um, let's see. Yes. This is a good question. Sandra asks: the her hydrangea is old and lots of the branches are long and have spaces about two feet that are bare. That's from age and not not pruning on a regular basis. They have flowers on the end. Can I cut that back and still have flowers next year? Yes, as long as they're still in bloom. Um, and I'm going to presume that you're writing to me from somewhere. Oh, you're in Florence. Yes, okay. I was going to say somewhere north of Hattiesburg, because <laughs> I've still got hydrangeas trying to put on new flowers too. Um, the, there are. There's no reason in the world not to go ahead, cut those, dry them, use a really beautiful use for hydrangea flowers. Of course, is any kind of topiary or decorative. Um, stuck together device. I like them when they're completely dried, but you may like them in different colors. And you can fill vases with them. And of course, you can get that pruning done at the same time. So that's a good idea. And you should do that. I have, uh, I've been staring at my limelight. It got so dry there and so hot, even past being dry, it got so hot that I lost some leaves under the bottom of it. And what I've noticed now is that all the plants in that area are trying to come up in that little space, so I've got a lot of work to do now. It used to shade out everything that tried to come up under it, but no, they've lost their ability to do that. I've got to get back under there and do something else. One of the things we always have to recognize in our gardens is that things change, and even if you're not looking for them to change, they're going to. Um, I have still not done all the pruning on the roses. I just I had too many things going on in in as they say, the money-making world, (laughs) this week I had to take care of. But I was approached by someone who asked me about why the crepe myrtle has no flowers on it. And I said, send me a picture this afternoon. So she did. Sure enough, as I suspected, if a crepe myrtle is not blooming at this time of the year, there's a couple of reasons, and it can be both of them. But if it's not in sun, that's one reason. This was not the case for this one. If you have a crepe myrtle that's not blooming, however, look what's underneath it. And if your lawn goes right up to the tree, the chances are that you fertilize the lawn. And the next thing you know, you've got an unfortunate amount of green leaves and no flowers. So pull that back, put some mulch around the bottom of it, and hope for a better time next year with that crepe myrtle. All right? All right now, your phone, your phone calls, your texts, and a whole lot of gardening. Coming right back on Weekend Gardening.
0: On some eternal morning, we shall meet them over on the Halloween. This show, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on.
2: Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio
3: Glory, Sherry, glory, share, glory, share. share. Watch oh. the oh. and, and Listen to the Master's radio. Get in, Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Oh. Turn your radio on. Oh. Oh. I think the teacher's asleep.
4: Looks like he's dreaming. Man,
5: I can't wait to hang up my team mascot.
3: <laughs> 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 I-,
4: I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have
5: zero damages, zero injuries. Before heading out in your RV, go through your propane system safety checklist. Take a look at exterior vents and clear away debris and blockage. Check propane cylinders for wear and tear. Inspect all propane appliance connections thoroughly for frays and damage. Make sure your RV has a DC fire extinguisher and propane carbon monoxide and smoke detectors and have the vehicle inspected annually. Remember, always leave repairs to the professionals. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more.
7: This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous.
8: Please, he's just another RV League-educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different.
4: Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the O.R. Stat.
8: Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little...
7: When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.
4: Less England for Clark's Construction. The kind of work that Jerry's done for me includes you know, minor repairs like rotting wood, remodeling uh, the master bath, uh, putting new French doors on the back of the house. He understands what he's doing, and he usually points out you know why I've had problems and not only how to fix it, but how to fix it so the problem doesn't recur. But I think Jerry's trustworthiness is beyond reproach. Call 601 Clark's Construction, a company you can trust.
1: Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Thank you very much for being here with me today. You know, one of the things that is uh, so cool about doing radio these days, you used to to be told, okay, everything you say goes out into the universe and continues forever and ever and ever, and somebody on some other planet somewhere someday might hear you. Well, I'm happy to say that these days you can pick when you want to hear me. You can be here live with me on Saturday morning. You can listen to the rebroadcast of the program on Sundays. You can also... Download the podcast, download the entire program. Frankly, there's just no reason in the world not to be listening to Garden Mama, to me, to Nellie Neal, about your plants, about your garden, about what you want to do, and frankly, about how you're going to do it. For example, did you know that no matter where you are listening to me today in the southeastern part of the United States, including my backyard and maybe yours, it's time to plant beets? that's right now why do we want to grow beets for goodness sakes well I just got this beautiful photograph in from Trey in Grenada of course it's 65 degrees there he's picking buckets of cherry tomatoes and okra and having a good time doing it you know it's a beautiful day there but he could be planting beets all right I can be planting beets um, our friends in past Christian could be pick could be putting in beets today you do have to sow them from seed they do not transplant well and then you have to thin them but here's a tip golden beets which if you think you don't like beets you need to grow golden beets if you've ever eaten fresh beets and didn't like them and they were red they just were probably a little bit earthy for you so the golden ones and the white ones and the striped ones are a little bit less um, earthy but they do have to be sowed more heavily because they are going to not They don't have as great a germination rate inherently as the red varieties do. Okay? So that's something to understand. Um, yeah, there's round beets. Yeah, there's big beets. Yeah, there's small beets. Yeah, there's long beets. I mean, it's, there, what you want really comes down to something that perhaps if you've never done it before, you want to start with the recommended varieties before you branch out into some others that nobody around here knows too much about. But I'm particularly – Detroit dark red is the classic – and it's a good, good beet, and it's easy to grow. Um, i got to tell you, though, that golden beets are my favorite, both to grow and to eat. And it isn't it because I don't like the flavor of the red ones. It's just you can get the red ones. I can't get the golden ones all the time. <laughs> or they don't taste as good anyway. Now, there are a bunch of others. There's a golden Detroit. Obviously, that's the same as the Detroit red, except it's, it's found in yellow. There's also red ball beets. They're smaller, and I like them a great deal. Avalanche is a white beet. Um if I'm going to grow a white beet, I'm probably going to grow a turnip, okay? <laughs> but, but somebody else can will disagree, and that's fine. <laughs> that is fine. But from now, here's how this works, okay? If you plant seeds today, you need to know how long that particular seed takes to make into whatever you want it to make into, and you need to know how long there is until you have a first frost possibility in your area that means it's it that you need to look at that calendar at the same time you're looking at the seed pack or the listing to tell you what how long it's going to take whatever variety of whatever it is that you're going to grow but our conditions are good now you can plant beets weekly and i think maybe not every week but i think you you'd be glad if you did stagger the planting cuz when they all come in it's a lot of beetness <laughs> it's a lot of beet for, at one it, at one time okay i have uh a discovery from the Gulf of Mexico that I'm glad I didn't see. You know me; I like something new every day. But this is a new species of bathonomus. What? Yeah, it's the uh, it's 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 a famous genera. N- not to me and you, but to the people who study these things, deep sea isopods. Oh my goodness! These are probably the most famous crustaceans. I don't know, maybe since um, Sebastian and the Little Mermaid, we suddenly know a whole lot more about isopods than we used to. There are about 20 species of them, and this is the deepest reaches of the ocean, rarely explored in person. They are only distantly related to the closest thing we can find that they're related to, which is crabs um, but or, and the lobsters. I mean, they are crustaceans. But we've added this one. It was initially thought to be a variation of another, but it turns out to be quite distinct. This is extraordinarily large. These feed on whatever is, um, you know, they are basically work like roly-polies. They're at the bottom of the ocean, the depths of the ocean, and they're basically there as, as decaying assistants. And that's very important, of course. But these um, this is an endearingly weird group of things the isopods and having a brand new one that is massive deep 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 off the yucatan um, gives us who are big fans of the gulf of mexico uh, a real happy opportunity to celebrate yet again by the way it's creamy yellow most things at the bottom of the ocean or then in that depth of ocean are darker colors and isopods tend to have more color to them. So this one is one that is very distinct even for an isopod. How about that? <laughs> Fun stuff. Uh, let's see. What's Mike doing? Hey, Mike. Mike's trying to harvest love lies bleeding seed. I've never done that. Um, all of y'all talking about um, wanting to get the seed from these these fairly Easy to root from cuttings. Plants may want to consider that too if your seeds don't work. But if the if love lies bleeding, it, it, there's some there's two plants called love lies bleeding. But if it's the one I'm thinking of. You do need to let the seed pods dry, but it's another case where you really have to watch. And sometimes you will find that people go out and put bags over the seeds that are ripening to keep the rain off of them. Um, I advise that if you're able to check on your garden every day, because you can certainly get sunlight in there and just kill the whole seed pod with, with too much greenhouse effect. But I would say let it dry as much as possible before you harvest them. And that's all I all I know. I really don't know about that one. Oh, my goodness. Um, This is wonderful. Paz Christiane Papadie, I knew you'd weigh in this morning. He says, no beets and no rutabagas. (laughs) He's planting potatoes today. That is also okay. Very much okay. I have two sprouted on my my counter that I'm thinking about planting and I don't actually have a I don't have a place right now. I use that container for something else and I wouldn't want to follow potatoes with potatoes anyway in the same soil. But um I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm with you, pop. I'm thinking about it. I usually consider those to be in zone 8 where I am. The, a little bit later in August, but with this cool weather this week coming, we're going to all be out there planting everything. I do know that. I think that's probably not a bad idea either. There are um, – <laughs> yes, tell her I stumped the mama. Congratulations, you did. Because I've ne- I've never harvested that particular seed, and I honestly don't know how they work from seed. I know how they work from cuttings. So, see, when I don't know, I don't know, and I tell you so. <laughs> I know you know about a swarm of bees, rather, but I didn't know, and I know a caravan of camels. Okay, this is obviously collective nouns that I've got um, in my head today. But I did not know that a shrewdness of apes is a traditional collective noun for them, although it makes perfectly good sense, and a camp of bats. I prefer the secondary one, the cloud of bats, because I think when I've when I have seen them in large enough numbers, they have definitely um, formed more of a cloud than a camp. Pretty interesting. What's your favorite critter? Tell me, tell me the 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 main uh, collective nouns that you know. Mm, I guess. Well, I don't know. We'll go into that a little bit later. I have been asked for several choices for shade garden plants in various ways this last week or so. I think people are, well, at this time of year, people tend to be happy with that they have some shade because it's nice to be in. But it's also true that at this time of year, we're thinking about what we're going to plant this fall. And when we go to the garden center, we're looking at what's there. We're asking what's coming in. We know what's coming, you know, what, what needs to be done at our place maybe. And we're looking for some suggestions. So, I have a couple of them for you. Um, it turns out hostas are tougher than we thought. All right, now yes, it is true that if Papa D is going to plant hostas in his yard in in, in Pass Christian, you need to hang to the solid green varieties or, or almost or almost totally green varieties. It's really still that way, sort of in zone eight where I am in Central Mississippi. But I do know that central Mississippi is on the same latitude as north Louisiana, where I was born. And I know there were some there with bluish gray leaves at my grandmother's yard. So the further north we get, the better those blue varieties do. But hostas are one of the things that can make a big difference of how that shade feels. In other words, their texture and their color is usually brighter than what's around them. Okay. So just think about hostas for that. I I was in a yard the other day that clearly has no attention paid to it beyond just mowing the grass. And uh, the hosta that's way too close to a tree and has nothing around it except lawn grass, was in full tilt bloom, and just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Ooh, I know you would do this for me. Thank you. Parliament of Owls from Trey. William says, a thunder of hippopotami. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like it. I like an obstinacy of buffalo, too. <laughs> that's another one I'm kind of fond of. Sometimes there's so many there. We don't think about obstinate things, but if we were going to try to move a buffalo, we would probably find them that way pretty quickly. They would be at least resistant, if not entirely obstinate. Um, A parade of elephants makes a lot of sense. And the Georgia Institute of Technology is now letting us know with a new study that the elephant's muscles are not the only way it stretches its trunk. I had never considered how an elephant stretches its trunk. I just figured it did that. But someone had to ask the question, and when they did, here we are. But the combination of all that folded skin gives the elephant the versatility, the ability to not only reach out in longer distances, but also to grab that really tender vegetation, but also rip apart tree trunks. In other words, it's a a perfectly useful tool and the folded skin has as much to do with the power there as, as do the muscles. I think that's really cool. The top of the trunk is more flexible than the bottom, as you might imagine. And um, it, it's pretty cool. The, the dorsal section of the trunk slides forward when they're going to grab something, but generally speaking, it is not as dominant. Very cool. So Atlanta, if you've never been there is a very good one. Um, it, it they, this, they did this research. And in fact, But we're looking at this, of course, because it is interesting about elephants, but it's also interesting to think about the way that it can help robotics. In this case, um, robotics tend to either be built for real strength, super strength, or great flexibility, and they're trying to get to both. So that's why they want to work on the the elephant's strength. The fluid-filled cavities in soft robotics oftentimes allow flexible movements, but they don't necessarily... You know they, they don't do as much strength, but you can put the two together like the elephant has done. Well, we might have something. I like that. I think it could be very, very important going forward. Ooh, more coming in! Murder of crows. Yes, yes, yes. Crash of rhinos. We got the, uh, the 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 hippopotami and the rhino, rhinos coming in. That's great. Um, that's fun. I am happy to say that uh, we're going to have to think of our own for the pandas, and um, I, I want to I nominate a parcel of pandas just because I like alliteration. It turns out that while we all associate pandas with, well, China, okay, and we understand that if you're going to have them in your zoo, you've got to have them there. You've got to be prepared to have them there for a long time, but you've also got to be prepared to grow enough bamboo to feed them and one thing and another. It's a big deal. However... The Bulgarian National Museum of Natural History has produced from somewhere in a back closet someplace two fossils of teeth originally found in the 1970s, but they really hadn't taken a look at all of the implications of these teeth. They are, in fact, panda teeth. That's right, from Bulgaria. That's right. doesn't make any sense except that they are indeed a close relative of today's modern giant panda. And this is where they lived. Well, this is where they lived way longer ago than we're aware of pandas. Let's put it that way. This was not a pure bamboo um, eater, which is probably the other most fascinating part of the whole business. There was one label written on there by hand, so they had to do a lot of work to find out. But it's an unknown fossil giant panda, and here they found it. Well, it ate vegetables. Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. Isn't that crazy? Lived in the swamp. Come on now. I want the cartoon. The Bulgarian pandas. (laughs) Me and the angry beavers want that. Thank you, Trey. Fanatics of LSU. Yes, we are. We are. We are that sometimes. I've, I've met those people. I went to school with them and even married one. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening.
7: Hundreds of thousands of Mississippians like me yes, depend on public benefits
9: for health care, food, and, and housing.
7: housing.
8: To receive these benefits, I cannot
4: I have, have more
2: than $2,000 in my name. With ABLE, I, Able, I can
0: save, save for my
2: future. my future without losing my a much-needed benefit. benefits. I couldn't
4: plan on savings before, but, but now I am Able. ABLE. Visit MississippiABLE.com to get started.
9: the new degree of comfort
8: from the very beginning and every workday since that every shift and every individual effort we carry a common purpose a common cause it's a duty we proudly honor knowing behind every product we build is your faith in us dedicated to the craft of gun making dedicated to your freedom equality security and the promise of this great country smith and wesson empowering americans learn more
7: That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right, school is back, and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at mazdaofjackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. With approved credit, like select model, see dealer for details. Thank you.
1: Into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you very, very, very much. I have all my life heard, and you probably have too, about where the nearest planet is that we could either colonize or escape to or take over or. send people we didn't like to <laughs> there, there's all sorts of science fiction stories about that other planet that's that that planet that's kind of like earth and the fantasies that we can all imagine um you know sending uh, uh well sending that that crash of rhinoceroses or whatever that one was <laughs> you know you know, may may have a real thing against rhinoceros but when we actually find one of course we want to know more about it, and that's exactly the point of this National Institutes of Natural Sciences um, report: a super Earth planet. It's a term that you've probably heard a million times. It's been found near. It means that it's it, it's like our it could have could be like our environment. Okay, and when we say only thirty seven light years from Earth, that's absolutely an only. That's really not very far. This is near the habitable zone of a red dwarf star, and the reason it's exciting to me is because it is the first discovery by the, the a brand new part that they've just turned on on the Subaru telescope. This is a, a chance to operate. The whole point of this is to investigate the possibility of life on planets around nearby stars, and indeed, this is Pretty cool to find out that the telescope is able to discover this gives us hope that it will discover even more. Now, red dwarf stars are smaller than our sun, but they account for well more than half of the stars in our galaxy, which is, by the way, the Milky Way, in case you didn't know that. And there are a whole bunch of them around our sun. Now, the, these are important targets for us to look around and see about because we can actually see them in some cases, but the red dwarfs themselves are too cool for us to consider. Um, we can't really look. They don't have that much light. They're just kind of there, all right? So the uh, infrared wavelengths that they put out, of course, are a whole lot brighter. So this is what they began working with when they, de- they developed the infrared instrument for the Subaru Telescope. And it's very cool that it searches for signs of life around those red dwarfs because it can measure the infrared panels around them, the infrared um, environment. Pretty cool. It's an IRD, infrared Doppler, and I'm sure that you'll hear more about it as time goes by. Um, for those of you who are named Ross, you may want to know that the name of this planet is Ross 508b, and it has um, a year of only 11 Earth days. <laughs> Still interesting, though. Come on. That's not as difficult to, to imagine as the ones that have zero Earth days, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. I read this story last week, and I didn't know really – I don't know. I, I I don't know what I think about it, so I haven't talked about it with you, and I'm still not sure what I think about it. Um, we all – everybody who's ever if you haven't ever heard of shingles you need to all right and i don't mean the ones on your roof i'm talking about um the the if you've ever had chicken pox you've got it in your system and the questions of course always go to well so what and it's a terrible thing it's very unpleasant very uncomfortable and and but you generally speaking get over it however it turns out that it may also be an inflammatory part of the, the herpes simplex virus. So in other words, the one or the other is one thing, but the two of them together can actually be something that causes and sets us into a path that leads down the, the way to dementia. Well, the way down to Alzheimer's. It may not be dementia, but there's different kinds of Alzheimer's, obviously. But... The forgetfulness that we all experience in life and certainly more as we age and as I say our brains get filled up. Um, This is the the interesting piece of this is that we've never understood we keep doing research trying to find out either what triggers it or what brings it about and it certainly wouldn't be the only thing because there's so many pieces of research going into this but this idea of viruses lying in wait is what I want to bring to you as a concept because we have been Pretty cavalier in the late 20th century and the early 21st century, and now we're having to deal with viruses in ways that we never had to before. Um, I, I don't know, I don't have anything, like I said, I don't know exactly what I think about all of this, but I do know that we need to be more aware of the ways that our bodies are impacted by the things that are around us that we may or may not be able to see. And when I talk to you about the, the whole business of Various, various viruses. I'm actually talking to you about plants, too, because you know that some of our biggest problems in plants come when we have things that are vectored in. That means that the the virus may come in on the feet of another critter that comes there. They can blow in. They can be deposited there in other ways. And we all have to be aware that when we're seeing some diseases, they're not fungus. It's not bacteria sometimes it's a virus and we have to pay attention to that. I really like the idea that um, we're we're searching into these things we're trying to find more and more about things because we're also finding out more about our brains and for example the evolution of anxiety More and more people as we are as we're Pushing through the 21st century, more and more people are becoming aware of what that was. Everybody used to think you should just be able to shake it off. And that's true for most things. That's true for most anxieties. But there are some that won't stop and won't go away and that you can't find a way to control no matter how hard you try until you go to a different path. And in this case, understanding how your brain actually puts it together can help us understand a little bit and give us the opportunity to work on serotonins and dopamines and, and really going back all the way, way back to understanding what it is that animals have always done to try and cope with that natural stress of life, we, we talk about the fight or flight reaction to things. That's, of course, one of the manifestations of anxiety is that you, you feel you have to do something and you may fly or you may fight, but you got, you got to do something. And that is one of the side effects of anxiety. But anxiety can also be a big piece of depression and it's one of the things that we need to know more about in in all of these areas um for those of you who are saying well you know you just have to get up and start another day yeah you do you still have to put all the work in but if we can understand more about how these issues come to develop perhaps we can find better ways to put the work in and and deal with them okay okay I'm really happy to tell you I was been ta- I've been talking about this poor shrub that I chopped on in June because I got so frustrated with it um, and it, it is a, a Carissa holly and it is beautiful, but it was it was kind of like the hydrangea that 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 our writer earlier today our texter, um talked about having space between the leaves and that so I cut it back and I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. I felt like, well, if it just goes, then it goes, because the shade has gotten real intense in that area. I'd like to be able to dig it up and move it to another part of the yard, but eh, it might not happen. The good news is it now has leaves coming out on it, so I know it is, in fact, still alive. (laughs) I was getting worried about that. When they sit there for about a month and don't do anything, you think, well, maybe I shouldn't have pruned it. But now it's coming along, going to give me just what I need for it to do. Um, Oh, my goodness. Tell Mabel that I will talk with her in the next hour because we just, we, I look forward to that always. But as Booker T wants us to know, our time is tight. Now, here's the deal Do you have self pollinating plants? Do you know how they work? Well, I've got some news about that. Also, got pods of peas, packs of brownies, spikes of cacti, and a flurry of cotton grass. <laughs> Sounds like somebody had a dandelion with them, huh? All right now, this is Weekend Gardening.
6: You're
5: about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. Supply 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net.
4: Builder.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090
9: It's Lisa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Secretary of State Michael Watson is one of 15 secretaries of state signing on to a letter to President Biden asking him to cancel his executive order that directs federal agencies to expand access to voter registration and election information.
5: If you look at the Constitution, Article 1, Section 4 of the Elections Clause, if you look at voter, um, uh, the NVRA, National Voter Registration Act, it established a baseline, and this is Congress, Established a baseline for voter registration services, leaving registration strategies and program design to the states.
9: Watson says, under the order, third party entities hired by the executive branch can set up voter registration drives.
5: Think about this when you're sending a third party group that you hire that you specifically picked, where are you going to send them to go register voters? Where it's going to help you? again a weaponization of this and so that's kind of just the the 40,000 foot view of really what we saw happening.
9: Watson says it's another example of federal overreach.
4: Have you ever seen a field of corn or soybeans or cotton growing along the highway? Think about that for a moment. From tiny seeds comes this field of crops. You and I need to live our lives every day. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. We began much the same way, as a seed of an idea that took root in 1922. In the 100 years since, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation has contributed so much to our lives across every county of this state. From insurance to hospitals, from private property rights to road and bridge repair, Mississippi Farm Bureau has fought to make a better way of life for Mississippians, member or not. So, while agriculture is important, we are not just a farm organization. 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau.
1: There are plans for a series of hearings on Medicaid in October and November. Senator Kevin Blackwell chairs the Senate Medicaid Committee.
6: One will be strictly on postpartum. Uh, The other two will be concerned with how should we be paying for Medicaid services. Uh, Right now we have a mixture of both fee-for-service and managed care. You know the criticisms we've had with managed care. Uh, So just want to take a look what's happening nationally.
1: The Senate has passed a plan to extend postpartum coverage from 60 days to a year more than once.
6: Basically, the purpose of the hearing is just to to bring some more light on it, maybe have some House members attend, and uh, if the uh, Speaker would would allow the House to vote, I believe it will pass.
1: For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
9: With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Ole Miss and national champion head baseball coach Mike Bianco have agreed to a new contract, a new four-year deal, as announced by Director of Athletics Keith Carter. In 22 years at Ole Miss, Coach Bianco has accumulated a record of 854 wins, 485 losses, which makes him third most wins all time in the Southeastern Conference behind Ron Polk and Skip Bertman. He also has 954 Division I wins all total in a 25-year head coaching career. And turning our attention to football as we're now only about two weeks away from the kickoff of 2022 college football season, the preseason coaches poll is out. Alabama is ranked number one, Ohio State number two, Georgia number three, Clemson is number four, Notre Dame rounds out the top five, Ole Miss is number 24 in the preseason coaches poll, Mississippi State in the others receiving votes category. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
4: mississippiable.com
9: taking a look at the nfl preseason schedule as this will be the first full weekend of preseason nfl football games the kansas city chiefs will be at chicago to play the bears the carolina panthers at washington to play the commanders the indianapolis colts will be at buffalo today to take on the bills seattle will be at pittsburgh battling the steelers the Miami dolphins will be at tampa bay taking on the buccaneers the New Orleans Saints at Houston to take on the Texans. The Dallas Cowboys are in Denver to take on the Broncos. And then the Battle of L.A., it's the Rams versus Chargers in a late game tonight. Then on Sunday afternoon, the Minnesota Vikings will be at Las Vegas to take on the Raiders in the first full weekend of NFL preseason football. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
0: of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and
1: call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here. Whenever here is, here might be today. Live. Hello. I'm live. Are you? Yes, of course you are because you're listening. Now, there's also rebroadcasts. There's podcasts. There's on demand always at supertalk.fm and I so appreciate that you go there, you get those things and you take them around with you and then you tell me about it so I like that, that's fun um, there's a what is this What is this plant on, on the text line which you're welcome to use 601-879-4395 this is one where I had to say if the leaves are thin it might be one thing, if the leaves are thick it might be another so then I'm waiting for a response, that's the beauty of texting and of course the Supertalk call line is triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven, and it has been used already this morning by our friend Mabel. Hey, Mabel. Welcome hey. in. What's going on?
3: I, um, I can't find no, um. No, oh, oh, just a second. I've been trying to find some different seeds that I can't find, like um, uh, pepper seeds.
1: Okay, well, it's too late to start pepper seeds, but you can certainly find pepper plants in it right now.
3: I, can't find, I can I uh, Where can you
1: find plants? It well, I'll, I'll tell you. I was at a big box store last week, and I saw some there. Um, you know, the, the the I have I have I haven't been to the garden center. I, I don't. I can't tell you about my local garden center, but I would certainly check there first. But I know that the Bonnie truck has been to the big box stores in a couple of cases.
3: You
1: know, I'm just us Call them and ask them. They'll tell you if they got some. Oh. And you said, now, where about? You know, like the Home Depots and the Lowe's. I can't remember where I was, and I'm embarrassed to say that, but I was looking for something, and I ended up going three or four places. So I don't honestly know where I was (laughs) when I saw the plants. But they were somewhere in the metro area, and and you could call and find out.
3: Now, what what, what greens can you plant
1: right now? We're right on the early side, but we're about to be there. Coming up in a couple of weeks, you can start planting mustards and, and turnips and all that. Here in just a minute.
3: Okay, I was trying to think what seeds Um mm-hmm. uh, Can you use uh, uh, seeds out of a uh, different plant? Uh, you know, you get the, uh, the uh, um, bell pepper. Can you use the seeds out of the bell
1: pepper? Well, sometimes you can. Um, it, it Usually our bell peppers are... A hybrid plant. In other words, they've been created by the marriage of two other bell peppers. And so the seed may or may not be the one that you just grew. It may be the one before it, you know, or some parent of it. But some of the bell peppers come true from their seeds. I don't want to say which ones. I think it's California Wonder, but I'm guessing. I'm not looking at something that tells me that for sure. But there are some of the classic bell peppers that come true from seed. I just don't want you to think they will, and I can't tell you they will.
3: But you can't... uh, you can plant them now if you find the, yes. the, the
1: seeds yes. out there. Absolutely. Um, we need to get the transplants for the peppers, both the hot peppers and the bell peppers, the transplants for the tomatoes, and the transplants for the eggplants right now.
3: You can do it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, one more question. Sure. The, uh, peroxide. This, if we saw it on TV where you could mix some water with peroxide and pour it in your plants in, the, in your...
1: In your house, have you ever heard that? No, I mean I've seen I've seen people do it, but I don't know why, and I don't know if it works. So it's
3: looking
1: real bad. Yeah, I can't offer any. My, anyth- my house plants. Well, the, the good news is it's going to be a little cooler outside. You can put your house plants out in the shade for a few days this week, and they won't burn up. Oh. I'm going to do that with one of mine. I have a couple. You know, I have I have Doris and all of her children, which is a plant from. A long time ago, Doris was a lovely woman, and her funeral was a lovely event. And I have all the baby plants from that thing because it just keeps growing. And I looked at it the other day and realized I need to put it outside just for a little bit of time. I'm put it in the shade and because it's not going to be so hot in um, Jackson this week. Oh, uh, you said darts. That's the name of the plant. The plant. Yeah, my plant's named after her, after the person. All my plants have names. In fact, not all of them. Most of them.
3: Yeah, I got. I'm mean, imagining you know, all got great, real big leaves on it, mm-hmm, look at it mm-hmm, yep. and um, and they just um, fell over. And
1: well, they may just need some humidity, and outside's not going to be an overwhelmingly hot or humid or, or rainy environment in Jackson this week. So, a few days out in the shade won't hurt them. Hmm. Yeah, that too. <laughs> well I know I, I I hate the bringing them in and taking them out part <laughs> so, <laughs> it's too <big> much trouble
3: <laughs> a Big part, and I don't want to take it that, but I don't want to lose it
1: Yeah mm-hmm. Well try soaking it and giving a little fertilizer it might just be needing um, sometimes they just get tired of being indoors though and that's, that's the other piece of the information I can give you at this time of year Sometimes it's nice to get them out in the shade for a few days
3: a good idea for Never Rock Sound.
1: I, do. I don't know. I don't yeah, I can't recommend that. I can't recommend that.
3: Okay. <laughs> Take so care. All
1: Thank you. Good to hear from you. You know, one of the things that's always so funny is um what we expect and what we don't. I mean, there's there's somebody out there telling you to do all sorts of stuff to your plants what and, and some of it works. I I just I can't tell you unless I've done it myself. I absolutely cannot. Um, by the way, we are right now at the edge, and we are almost too late, but not quite too late. We're at the edge of the last call for planting seeds in the garden for bush beans, um, for bush cucumbers, for example, and uh, even if if you want to grow zucchinis for that summer squashes. Um, y'all know I can't grow them. I used to grow them, a lot of them, and I can't grow them anymore. I've lost my touch. <laughs> It happens. It happens. Oh, about the shade. I had so many questions this week about growing things in the shade. What can I plant? What can I plant? I like Vinca Major. It's the big leaf one with a purple pinwheel-shaped flower that, yes, will take over a space. if you Whatever space you give it to, it will take it over, so don't put anything else in there. But the variegated one, the one that has a little bit of white around the edge of the leaf, Really does have less of that problem it's not as aggressive and it really it may not may or may not bloom but it'll brighten up that shade in a hurry on the text line this morning um, can you transplant cactus now It depends on what kind of cactus it is if you're moving uh cactus from one size container to another sure, but if you want to dig up for example um Native opuntia cactus and, and transplant it somewhere else in your garden, I would wait a few weeks to do that. Okay, okay. Back to the phones now. Bob in North Mississippi, what's on your mind?
5: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I was curious if you have a cocktail that you spray on your tomatoes that kind no. of the few that survived the Miss Watercolic drought that we've had. Mm hmm. Now, are having looks like fusarium wilt, some stuff like that. And I was just curious if you had a cocktail that you sprayed or just a straight fungicide by itself.
1: I actually, um, I, I, if, if the weather is acceptable like this, I've, I've had the problem early in the season. And I have used neem oil, but I don't like to use that when it's super, super hot. I know everybody says it's okay. It's just me. And I will take off any blighted leaves and then, yes, spray with just a general purpose fungicide. Or I've sometimes if I have a lot of baking soda around, I'll mix up one of those. um, You know, there's some recipes out there for using baking soda and water. The idea is you're just changing the pH on the leaf so that it's harder for the blight to get started. Okay. So I do, I do both. And the only problem is don't compost those leaves. And those of us who love to compost hate being told to throw away leaves, but you just can't. you got to get those damaged, the blighted leaves out of your garden.
3: Uh, you always throw tomato plants away out of your garden and don't compost them. You're right. Because anything on them always just complicates you. Next year,
1: I so agree with you, and I wish more people would listen to us. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Well, thanks a lot. I hope you have a great day. You take care. Thank you, Bob. He's so right. Oh, that is so true. Potatoes are the same way, really, because they can have things that you don't realize they've even got. But tomatoes especially need to be changed a little bit. Um, we're talking all the time about making a place, and I hope that you will make a place for some fall vegetables uh, whatever it is it might just be one container of spinach i don't care what you grow grow something that you're going to eat so and it's clearly if you if you grow something you like to eat you're more likely to take care of it i'm afraid if you gave me that rutabaga plant it would have a hard time getting any attention because i don't like them but we all have our prejudices that's mine i i did discover though that salsify is not as bad as i thought it was so maybe there's hope for me in rutabagas i don't know i don't know uh, I did discover golden beets because the red ones are a little bit heavy for me, although I like the red now it's it's good, but it's just a little a little different, a little bit different triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven the super talk call line c spire text line of course is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five I should have asked him what tomato variety he was growing if we're carrying things over, we might be growing. Any number of varieties, but we do see a lot of people tell, a lot of people have told me, I should say, um, that purple Cherokee really lasts well through the summer. I actually had the experience one year of being given a plant. In the summer of Cherokee Purple, and it did beautifully all the way through till it. I think it might have been been December before it got cold that year. But those are the things that you need to tell me: which one does best for you? Which one does best in your zip code, so to speak? Where you know how? How are we getting all of this done? I'm also very happy to tell you that if you have got. Like Papa D has all of his seedlings that he's been raising. I hope you've been doing a little bit of that yourself. But I will tell you, I hope you've got some shade. And I don't mean over the top. I don't mean um, having to put on row covers or any of that. You can, but if you just can put something, a baffle, between your summer transplants and the western sun, the, the late afternoon sun, they will really appreciate it, and they will do much, much better. If you have the opportunity to then, and I hope you will, hook up a sprinkler that just really basically just paints the area at noontime, that'll lower the temperature around the plants. An oscillating sprinkler will do this beautifully, and it's something you ought to consider. Um, something, At least something, if, if you wonder why your stuff doesn't work in the fall, if you say, well, I tried that, but it just didn't work. Um purple (laughs) good that's good mike yes always purple um any rate what was this other one we've heard a bunch of these today y'all have been writing them in um a convocation of eagles i like that and they do kind of look that way we all know that there's a school of fish but did you know there's a stand of flamingos yeah there should be and by the way i left out what might be the best one um that would be the horde of hostas. <laughs> you probably need a horde of hostas in your shade garden. Um, well, this is very good information. I in, don't know where it's coming from, but anyway, um, supersonic is still doing well in the tomato department. Better boys have burned up, and the uh, rapopo is, is really starting to bloom already so that's great now my husky red cherries are blooming again they stopped for about a minute and then they kept going bobby in greenwood welcome in what's on your mind today hello hi bobby what's on your mind
3: oh multiplying onion sets of bulbs where could i locate some Ooh,
1: that's hard isn't it um I'm, I've been looking for Louisiana shallots and can't find them either. But multiplying onions, I'm going to say either the um, the, the Farm Weekly, the, the, the ag newspaper, or your co-op. Somebody at your county co-op will probably know because that's a very, very local, you know, and I love multiplying onions, but it's usually a very local source because they don't ship very well from place to place.
3: Yeah, I used to grow them and give them away, and I lost all my sets, and now I don't have any. and can't find any around this area.
1: Okay. So. All right, y'all, we're putting out the call. If you've got some multiplying onion sets, Bobby and I both want some. So send me a text and tell me where we can get them. <laughs>
2: uh, let us know if you hear
1: Absolutely. Me. You know I will. Thank you. Have a wonderful... You know, I feel that way about my shallots. I gave away too many of them. I used to have a big, long row of them, and now they're they're just over time you give away too many and they're gone that's bob oh hey bob that's who's doing that the better boys have burned up but the supersonics are still doing well that's great that's good to know i keep you know we just had this story in the last hour about the reporting on the research of using cds and getting the the getting the gold off of them getting the top layers off of them to turn them into biosensors and of course we've also been talking here in the last few weeks about a bacteria type situation where the electricity is created from your sweat that would be pretty useful for us i could you know pretty much run my house on that in the summertime but it it is a uh We have literally something going on on every different level of the ways to repurpose things into better use into the health environment and also the way to turn right around and be able to take care of ourselves a little better because we can monitor things with a a sticker from MIT. And in turn, we may be able at some point soon to actually repurpose our own sweat. (laughs) That's today's word. We're repurposing everything. I am of course repurposing myself out to Lakeland Yard and Garden at eleven and we're gonna talk about fall gardening. I hope you will be there. This is uh this is a test. <laughs> See if anybody wants to come. I know it's been a little while. I used to be out just about every week, month, whatever, and I'm I am i am almost confident enough to do that again. But I will it will be this is this is putting my toe in the water, so I hope y'all will come and join me. Well, without bumblebees, you know, it's a tough world out there. We talk about the the numbers of plants that we would not have, the numbers of vegetables we could not grow if we cannot get the seeds for them. And without the bumblebees, of course, a flowering plant that um, even the ones that can self-pollinate really do not fare well. And that's one of the things that I want you to be aware of. Sometimes we think about things too simplistically. We say, "Well, the honeybee pollinates this, and this plant doesn't need that." Well, it turns out that that plant may also benefit from it. So don't let yourself uh, don't let yourself be fooled into thinking that there are plants that don't need the benefit of, of a little bit of attention from the pollinators. So much to talk about. We need to keep our genetic variation at the top of its charts. And that is what we can do with more bumblebees. Alright now, we have got a ways to go here. You need to call, you need to text, cause I need to talk. This is weekend gardening. To the
3: great here to the great it's just a dirty waste of time.
1: We move along, keep singing our song, straight to your heart like a cat.
0: you, he's on meds too. Ugh. I have-
1: good question. Here on the text line today, we transplanted older boxwoods. Congratulations. That was not easy, I know. We transplanted older boxwoods. We have been watering daily and adding treated soil. I'm not sure what that means, but I presume it means some amendments around the base where they needed it. Is there anything we need to do to make sure they make it? I would suggest, in this case, root stimulator fertilizer um, because what we're trying to do, and that is not a fast-rooting plant, um, we want it to be able to get be be sure it's well-rooted as we go into the winter. And so for now, the thing to do is root stimulator fertilizer and do it again in two weeks. And I believe that that plus monitoring your water, you probably don't have to water daily if you're watering deeply, but you, it's whatever it takes to keep them from wilting. So that's a good idea. Those are good ideas. Um, Papa D has also got bush butter beans and squash going. That looks great. Started all those. That's from all those peat pots we talked about the other week. He's showing me those. That's fun. There are um, uh, there's so many things that you just don't know if you even want to know, you know. <laughs> there's... uh. When we when we start looking at what our what we do as human beings and how it contributes or or, de- or deteriorates different parts of our environment, we, we sometimes don't want to think about the stuff that we really, really like. And Americans especially, but I think anybody that's run into them really likes processed foods probably more than we should. And in this case, oh, my goodness, this is something or another. The University of Oxford has been... Uh, trying to estimate the impact on the environment of the making and the using and then the disposing of the waste from multi-ingredient processed foods. Yeah, well, there's 57,000 of them. I think that's going to take a little while. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wowie zowie. That's a lot. Um, I can't see this. I need this to come away and show me the thing. Why is it doing that? I don't know what it says. I, I don't know. We'll find out later. I think my screen just froze. Anyway, did you know that sponges don't work like you thought they did? Well, there's a lot of things we don't, that turns out they don't work like we thought they did. But current biology is publishing for us, um, Found out that everything that the sponges, the ocean sponges that we're all so fond of, everything that did not get used up, everything that they, you know, we talk about how um, aphids and stuff. Nope, I can't get, I'm sorry, I can't see it.
9: Do you want me to read it to you?
1: No. (laughs) No, no, no. No, there it goes. I had to get it unlocked. Okay, good. Now... um, The thing I was telling you about were the sponges. First of all, when we talk about the fact that there are aphids in our tree and everything that they can't digest, they excrete, that becomes the honeydew that falls on the leaf below. The sooty mold wanders in through the air, falls into that, and then we end up with really black leaves and unfortunate situations going on with too many bugs. In the case of the sponges, what we need is something frankly that works like this to help with our trees and our other plants that get that problem from that digestive release, as it were. I love that. What a metaphor. Anyway, sponges don't sneeze like humans do, but they do get rid of their waste by discharging their mucus in what is effectively a sneeze. This would be the same thing as the aphids letting go of their honeydew. However, the critters that live around them and that flock to them eat that. All right, they they digest that. So what we need is a critter that can get on our plants. So now we have a few things that will eat the aphids. You have aphid lions and one thing and another, but I don't know of anything that will eat sooty mold. I think I'm going to have to find or or that will eat the honeydew other than the sooty mold. Hmm, something to think about, <laughs> something to consider. Let's see, um, Jeff wants to say that the, oh, great shoes as usual. Thank you very much. He wants to know that, um, I, when I, since I say I have issues growing squash, um, he says he finds it hard to believe that I would have difficulty growing anything. Well, guess what? There's a lot of things that give me a, a bit of a start. But what is it about squash? Um, if I could figure that out, Jeff, I could grow it again. I grew it. And I grew it on heavy soil, and I grew it in large quantities and made plenty of it. But I have had numerous, both from seed and from plants, that I purchased. And it may just be because I'm not using a big enough container. Their their root system may be larger than I think. But I've used things bigger than five-gallon buckets. And I still, the, the closest I have come to producing squash was leaves that absolutely covered the bucket and made a few flowers. But it, they never made any female. They made the male flowers first, as as is the case, but they never went any farther than that. So the next time I did it, I tried to fertilize it more, and I think I fertilized it too much. So I believe I've just lost my touch, and that, that does happen with things. Um, I have a friend who says that she used to be able to bake incredibly well, and the last four times she's done anything, it, it, they all turned out like hockey pucks. I said, you sound like you've been in my kitchen, because that's how some of... I'm pretty good, but I'm not great at baking either. But I, I really do think that squash probably needs to be in the ground, in my case, and it probably needs to be on um, a soaker hose. I probably wasn't watering it enough because I didn't end up, and I probably needed to use more fertilizer because I don't, I tend not to use very much fertilizer and a lot of things do just fine, but not everything. Okay, thank you for that question. It's a good one. I'm not good at everything. I will say though that this particular week I have been growing, uh, and if you're kind enough to join me at 11 out at Lakeland, you will get to see. Um, I, I, a friend gave me some tuberous begonia tubers and i sprouted them and out of 15 or so 10 of them survived and came up and are growing and i'm very impressed with myself (laughs) i've never grown tuberous begonias before and frankly they're not i like begonias very much obviously but tuberous begonias are a little bit pickier and there's something that has to have a, a, a more rarefied environment it gets very hot here they don't like that and they can't take the cold either, you know, so they're they're kind of finicky. So I'm, I love it, though. They're beautiful, and I'm hoping that they'll go on and bloom. But I'm bringing some. Um, we're going to be talking about a little bit of florigami, those folded pots that you've, you've seen me talk about. Um, we're going to do that today. Anyway, uh, Lakeland, 11 o'clock, come see me. And as I said to my friend uh, who, who is coming, if no one else comes but us, we'll go have lunch. It'll be great. Now, why am I laughing about that? Because I know that if I put an event out and sell tickets to it, I will get people to come. Because when you put money out and and make a commitment to come to something, generally speaking, people come. Been, I've been very fortunate at that. But I would like to be able to reach those people that either don't have the money or don't plan that far ahead or whatever it is that would keep you from making a reservation and coming to an event. Okay? Now, I've also heard and have practiced myself that you have to feed people if you want them to come. I'm not feeding you today. <laughs> so just be aware of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Australian Institute of Marine Science. Holy moly. This is something. Did we want to know this? We may not want to know this. Um, th- there are the the world's, you know what an omnivore is, friends, eats anything, you know, there was a great restaurant back in the day in, 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 on the West Coast called the Omnivore. And it was where you could literally get everything from sweet pea tendrils to not quite roadkill, but close. I mean, they literally cooked everything that came across their, their kitchen. And whale sharks are, of course, known to eat krill. All right. That's famous behavior. But when they started doing some biopsies they discovered that they actually eat a lot of plant material and in fact because they eat both plants and krill the the the, the living creature that whale sharks which have reportedly been at least 18 meters long which is good grief that's a big thing. The world's largest omnivore, the largest creature that eats literally both sides of the fence. <laughs> you know, they can eat both one or the other or both at times. Um, the evolution system is not that different, is the implication from this research. It is not, um, it, it's not going to be part of the next start because it, they're already there. But what we have to do is measure it. Okay? Okay. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, the whale shark tissue contain compounds that are that's in that brown seaweed, the sargassum, you know, that we, we all read about before, and it breaks off the reef there where the study was being done and it floats at the surface so that in fact they're they're digesting it. It's a surprise. How about that? We didn't know sharks could do that. But they do. I have been really tickled to um, another set of questions that came to me this week involve Containers by the front porch, and what do you do to? The, it, it is uh, the note that the person wrote to me was longer than the the question really, and, and it was interesting to say that when you drive down a street, the house you notice is oftentimes the one where the flower pots in front of the house look really terrible. <laughs> the plants are dead, or they're wilted, or something. Yeah, he was right about that. But so, what can you put there? In other words, um, too much sun for a palm in his front yard to 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 do well. He tried sago palms, which is not a palm, of course, but that didn't work so well. Um, the annuals are dying. I have a feeling the annuals didn't make it because there was no water or regular fertilizer attention given to them. But that being said, I think that would probably be a good place for my friends, the dwarf shrubs. Um, I have two dwarf Sasanquas in big pots that I just love. They're coming into bud right now. I can see that they're going to be blooming about a month or six weeks from now. I love that. And I've also got um, uh, the other thing that I really love in a a container is um, dwarf spireas. They don't have to just be green ones. Some of them have very, very yellow leaves, and some of them turn yellow. So those are lovely. And I'm really very, very fond of... All the abelias. Now, when you think of abelia, you probably think of that big copper-leafed shrub that's in bloom right now. The the leaves are small. The flowers are small. But they're pink tubes, and they're all over the place. And the hummingbirds just love it, and it's a great plant. But we also have some that have more colorful leaves, fewer fewer flowers probably. But they are magnificent in those containers, and they keep that front door um, looking, looking more interesting and more kempt. Now, the other plant that I have in a great big container which is about to need to be lifted up because the plant's getting so big it's going to trail the ground is the weeping orangeiola, the weeping Japanese maple that I've told you about before that I'm so fond of. Um, I really think that if, if if I had it to do, if I had a place for it, I would do it and put it by, out by the front yard, in by the front door. My front door space couldn't hold this plant. <laughs> the container and the plant itself is bigger than that. So interesting enough. Oh, John, that's beautiful. That's really lovely. Yeah, we've had a bunch of fog, haven't we? Goodness gracious. Really, really crazy. I have wondered about this, and you may have too. Um How do we decide, and I guess it's just really a matter of voting, but how do we decide on these collective nouns? You can call it a dray or a scurry of squirrels. Um At my place, it's almost a lurking, because they're there all the time. <laughs> they just sort of lurk. But um I, I, I do admit that We can have a team of oxen, or we can have a yoke of oxen. There's a lot of these that have a couple of things. Um, I think the turkeys on the trace would be referred to as the gang of turkeys, but probably the turkeys that live a little bit more modest life would be called the rafter of turkeys. That's another appropriate one. Um, Tigers may can be a streak. Of tigers, because obviously, if they're running by, you would only see their colors streaking. But unfortunately, tigers can also be referred to as an ambush. (laughs) So, um, I'm not going to put that back up there for Trey. I know he's listening. (laughs) What else is going on in this world? Oh my gracious! I have gotten. I've had the most fun. It's it's horticultural etymology in action. If you don't follow me. on social media, you probably should at Garden Mama because I've been putting up pictures of this hornworm taking apart what I thought was going to be a long-lost tomato plant. Now, the tomato has since put on blooms and some leaves, so I'm going to have to leave it there, but it's pretty much naked the rest of the way. Um, and, And it's been fun to document. It's something that not everybody's interested in, but everybody does want to know how come this goes so quickly. Well, when you see that little worm go from about... Oh, an inch long to almost an inch around and several inches long you you know that your tomato is being consumed and it works perfectly. It works well for him and works well for us to be able to able to see the plant go away, but the critter come on. Yeah, I you know it, it I know school has started. I know football's rolling, but it is still summer. Stick around. This is weekend gardening.
3: Girl, come on, come on, and dance all night. the heat, it'll be all right. Babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. City, dress so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat looking for a kitty. Gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop. Running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, and that's all night. Just like the heat, it'll be all right. And babe, don't you know it's a pity
9: the days can't be like the night?
7: Hundreds of thousands it's of, of Mississippians like me
9: yes, depend on public benefits for health care, food, and, and
6: housing. housing. To receive these benefits, I, I cannot can have more benefit. than
2: $2,000 in my name. With, With Able, ABLE, I, I can save, save for my future manager. without
4: losing my much-needed much needed benefits. I couldn't plan on savings before, but, but now I am
0: Able.
6: ABLE. Visit MississippiABLE.com to get started.
4: greater jackson area the big one the great southern gun and knife show is coming for two big days only at the trademark building on the fairgrounds show hours are saturday nine to five sunday ten till five hundreds of dealers tables available Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun books, camouflage, jewelry, and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission just $9 for adults, $2 for kids ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife show this weekend. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 10 to 5 at the Trademark Building on the Fairgrounds. Take the high street exit off I-55 and follow the signs. Exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the door prize. See you this weekend at the big one. Sure is shooting. Don't Don't miss miss it.
8: From the very beginning and every workday since, at every shift and every individual effort, we carry a common purpose, a common cause. It's a duty we proudly honor. Knowing behind every product we build is your faith in us. Dedicated to the craft of gun making. Dedicated to your freedom, equality, security, and the promise of this great country. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. Learn more at smith-wesson.com.
4: Today on Hey Culligan, better water that cares. Jane's on the line.
3: Hey Culligan, how can
7: I
5: avoid using all those plastic water bottles that harm the sea turtles?
4: Jane, our always-on drinking water system helps eliminate the equivalent of 15 billion single-use plastic bottles a year. So you see, Culligan cares about sea turtles too.
8: Aw, plastic pollutes and Culligan cures.
4: That's catchy, Jane, and totally true.
0: I'll take it. Like now.
4: Jane, now. we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at culligan.com. Sometimes the we together.
1: Ah, yes. Since I said football, I have to also say baseball. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I did watch the other night the game at the Field of Dreams. It, I couldn't help it. Cubs were playing well. That also gave me some great heart. But I have to say, I, I do think that they have proven that people will drive a long way to Go and watch a baseball game in a beautiful environment. There's no question about that. (laughs) Really nifty to see. Really, really nifty. Brand new headline today from the University of California, Los Angeles. On Not only do we understand that it is a shrewdness of apes, but when it comes to monkeys, they're pretty shrewd. Those female monkeys with female friends live longer. How about that? This was a study, and this is, by the way, if you're going to study capuchin monkeys, you understand you you can basically go to the zoo. You can go to any number of research facilities, pretty close. This project took place in Guanacasta, Costa Rica. Why not? <laughs> if you're going to go, why not go there? I love this. Um, they are better integrated into social networks with other adult females. They tend to survive longer. We don't know if they're listening to each other or if they're arguing with one another, but they do, in fact, seem to be both um, giving and receiving grooming foraging and and helping each other in conflicts, but also, um, frankly, keeping company. And that when there there are opportunities for that kind of social integration, worrying about the same things, you know, um, shopping at the same plants, so to speak, those kind of things, those those monkeys live longer. And I'm, I'm interested to see about that. I think that's pretty cool. We always assume that there is some benefit to social interaction because most people do feel better when they have social interaction. But interestingly enough, um, we just don't know. Oh, Moonset. That's beautiful. I love looking at your pictures, John. Thank you. That's gorgeous. The, uh, there's been a discovery that I think you will find interesting. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. We need these things, but it's like who thought of this? Well somebody at Rice University thought of this. And they are trying to make something that water cannot touch. People have been trying to do this for a very, very long time, as you might imagine, but they may have really come up with something. This is this is kind of a MacGyver though, all right? The Rice University Project has developed a simple method that makes surfaces super hydrophobic, that is, super water repellent, not just water repellent, super water repellent, without using the chemicals that are usually in the process, which, of course, are in themselves expensive and, and or toxic, depending on which ones you're talking about. This is where the MacGyver part comes in. Their technique involves sandpaper, a selection of powders, and a lot of elbow grease. And if you don't happen to know what elbow grease is, it means that you worked hard with it with your hands. (laughs) You literally used your hands to make this happen. Um, I love this. Even better, perhaps, than the fact that they shed water is that they don't accept ice. Think of all the things that we could use. It it took them two two and a half times, plus more than that, longer to freeze. That's wonderful. That's huge. Um, the ice, of course, in addition to that, when it was formed with this going on, lost 40% of its ability to stick. Think of all the lives that could change. I'm really fascinated in the – there are things that I just don't understand. This particular project is a study that used in, – done in a lab. This is so funny to say, but it's called, it's, it's called Tribology. Alright, this is a study of surfaces in sliding contact, such as the way sandpaper interacts with things, the way that other things, re- and we try to work on this water repelling or actual hydrophobic behavior. The idea of all of this is you gotta put the powder in, you gotta get the sandpaper going but it's mostly elbow grease and i just think that's just wonderful it is a tribo film forms in that chemical reaction that exists when surfaces slide against each other do you want to know another example of that that you already know about probably that's how pistons work okay okay <laughs> oh my goodness moonset is just magnificent um now, Trey, I seldom disagree with you, but you say that water can't touch cats. I actually have a cat who was raised in a bathroom, and he would still rather sit in the sink than in a chair, and it, there can be water in it. It's just crazy, but but absolutely the truth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Andrea and Madison sent a picture wanting to know what made these white dots. I, I don't know, but I have, there are a couple of things that, can, that it can be. Um, we can literally have it be really, really hot and then rainfall fall on that leaf because it's a very tender leaf and absolutely scald it right there. So if that's been the problem, you might want to just move it to a more sheltered location before it rains again. If you don't find anything on the back of it like webbing, um, we can't attribute it to a critter. And if you're not finding anything at the soil surface, like little mushrooms coming up or anything like that, we really can't attribute it to that problem either. So I think you're looking at sun scald, and it's unfortunate, but it's real. I have – speaking of plants that are all named after people, I have – uh I, I I was at one of those, and now I remember which one I was at when I got the plant. I still don't remember where I saw the other stuff. But I was looking for something else, and you have to go and look in the garden center because that's what, you know, we do, right? And there was a fiddly fig with some bad sunburn. And, of course, it was sitting on the we're going to sell this to you for almost nothing uh, space in full sun. So it wasn't going to get any better. So I went on about my business and, and went and got the product I was looking for, um, and, and was, well, I was looking for air conditioner filters, but anyway, I went and did that and, and came back to walk out through the garden center. And I had to ask them how much was the plant. Well, it was 90% off. So I could afford it without even, I mean, and it's, it's a very little bit of a bit, You know, it either grows or it's going to die. And I have to tell you that after 10 days, um the the plant is absolutely beautiful the The manager there's name is Yaz, and I named the plant Yaz. She was happy about that, and I'm happy to tell you that Yaz is doing great so as is Paul the Poinsettia. I had a note about that this morning. How's Paul the Poinsettia? Um, Paul the Poinsettia is really looking good. I'm not going to be able to put him into a closet, however. He's going to have to bloom on his own in January rather than in time for the holidays because the plant's too big and fragile for me to try and put a box over it or move it into the shade, move it into a closet, rather. It'll just have to keep growing where it is, and I think it will. It's doing pretty good. Um we all know I guess that the Vikings did not necessarily all wear horned helmets despite what our cartoony you know world te- teaches us well turns out that in 10th century Denmark the Danish Vikings wore exotic fur and what was considered exotic then beaver fur This is a new study coming in from the University of Copenhagen and some other places. They analyzed animal remains from six high-status graves. These are people that were buried long enough that we can still find their graves, right? 10th century Denmark. They didn't get any DNA, but they did get the fact that it was all exotic beaver. How about that? Better be careful. Figure out what you're going to be wanting to leave around the rest of your life. It might be something besides that. I hope you'll be joining me today for a whole lot of fall gardening and a whole lot of fun at Lakeland. And right here next week for more weekend gardening.
0: Again, Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TELUS communication Communications. <laughs> Hey, Lucky Buck here. It's time to have more fun, more often. That's right, my little buckaroos. The Mississippi Lottery will
4: begin drawing cash three and cash four twice a day. But wait, there's more. Add the Fireball feature and you can increase your winnings. And increase your
0: odds of winning. More times to play cash three and cash four. More ways to win with Fireball. Ah,
4: Sounds like a winner to me. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
0: The following is paid for by Third Home. Do you own a vacation home? How would you like access to leverage it for world travel without the hassle or expense of renting? Third Home is the members-only luxury property and travel club that opens your world to exquisite rent-free travel. The Economist reported third home to be the secret to scoring a vacation home that's practically free. Find out how it works. Call for your free information now. 800-201-1894. 800-201-1894. What
2: if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors. And completely restore its youth.
0: Hey, there's hair on my head again.
2: If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other.
4: Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit seabrookpaints.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.